shaping the culture. We talk both culture and theology. Hey, folks, is reading that Bible. We don't claim to have all the answers. I don't know how to word this, but that doesn't stop us from having honest conversation. <laughs> yo, 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 what is up, everybody? How y'all doing? Hope all is well on your end. Uh, welcome, guys. This is the finale of season two. That's right. Uh, this will be the last episode for a while. We're gonna what we're gonna do is we're gonna take the month of March off, right? And so we will be back with season three, April first. April first, we'll be back for season three, and I'm really excited about the guests that we're gonna have. Uh, honest to God, the Lord has been opening up so many doors, um, giving us connections, helping us build. And uh, it's going to be amazing. What I'm really excited about as well is next season, we'll also have some episodes on YouTube as well. We're going to start video recording some of these episodes too. And that's some of the things that you guys kind of requested and asked that we had uh, done in previous episodes. Um, We didn't have the resources, uh, but now that we do, uh, we're excited uh, to serve you guys in that way. Also, we do have an Instagram page now. It's called Shaping the Culture Podcast. I will be promoting it on my own podcast or on my own Instagram page. So please follow. Uh, We'll be releasing content, giving you guys insight on what's coming next, uh, keeping you guys updated. So yeah, follow that Shaping the Culture uh, Podcast on Instagram, just like that Shaping the Culture Podcast. But listen, guys. We got to end with a big bang, all right? Season two has got to end with a bang. And I am excited about the guests that we have here today. It's honestly the Lord that orchestrated this. I don't even know how this happened, Um, but God is good and he's uh, faithful. And uh, the guy that we have with us today is a legend in his own right. Uh, He's just doing magnificent things for the kingdom of God. Uh, You can follow him on his YouTube. So he has like a show called A Greater Story, and he interviews everybody, y'all. He's interviewed Michael Todd, for those who know who Michael Todd is, from Transformation Church out in Oklahoma. He's interviewed uh, Show Baraka. He's interviewed 1K Few from Reach Records. He's interviewed uh, uh, What Up RG, Tadashi 1K, when they put out their Chris Christmas album. He did that with them as well. Uh, who else has he interviewed? He's interviewed Andy Stanley, The Truth. Like this guy um, is really, really um, doing a great job um, connecting with uh, different influencers and just uh, sharing uh, where these people uh, came from, what they're doing, and how that connects all together to the glory of God and the story of God and the kingdom of God. And we're privileged to have him here. He also goes around and speaks from place to place. I I am thrilled to have him, guys. I don't I don't, uh, I don't know. Uh, you guys don't know how excited I am. The way we got connected is, is through Instagram. I think he uh, I don't know who followed who, but ended up messaging each other and got connected. And we're privileged. He was willing to do this episode with us, so I'm excited, guys. We have with us none other than Sam Coyer. Sam, how are you doing today, sir? Ebenezer, what's up, man? I am so honored to be here. I mean, I wish I had a name as cool as yours. Oh, man. <laughs> I appreciate that. I got made fun of a lot growing up. They call me Scrooge, so. <laughs> <laughs> Are, do you think you were close to Scrooge growing up? I mean, were you like him? No, not at all. But it's just, I guess people didn't know any other Ebenezer than Scrooge, so it just kind of fit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Man, again, I'm honored to be here. So excited to be able to talk to your audience and be able to connect with you just as a brother. Love what you're doing up there and um, how God is just leveraging your voice to shape a generation. Man, I appreciate that so much. Thank you. And uh, I'm, I'm very thankful for what you're doing as well. I'm really inspired uh, by what you're doing and uh, just how you're serving the kingdom and you're doing it in a very genuine, authentic way and you're reaching a lot of people. And so uh, thank you for taking the time out of your day. Uh, I know you're probably a busy guy to just come and uh, have a conversation with me on shaping the culture. It means a lot. And that means a lot, man. It, it does. I mean, it means a lot for me to be here. And, you know, as I told you, you know, you do these things and you speak and you do podcasts and you launch products and you don't look anybody's listening. Mm. <laughs> and so um, it was awesome when you when, when we, we were able to connect on Instagram and yeah. I was able to hear more about you and just, to, you know, everything you said about our platform, man, is just 
You know, it's an honor to be here, honestly. So, I mean, and I remember when I was starting my podcast, yeah. and I um, I needed people that would sow a seed to it mm-hmm. um, to get it where it is. So, anytime I can sow a seed um, at the beginning phases of yeah. something, I want to do it. Wow. Wow. That's so good. That's powerful. That's real powerful. Thank you. Um, yeah. So let, let, let's get into it. So before we get into uh, what you do, because uh, I think you do pretty extraordinary things, um, let's, uh, let's get into your story a little bit. Uh, for those who sure. don't know who you are, or maybe never heard of you from uh, my side of the, uh, from my audience, I guess, uh, uh, who are you? Uh, what's your story? Give us a little bit about your testimony um, and, and how you've gotten to this point. Man, for sure. I um, long, long story short, man. Uh, yeah, I just I'm in the middle right now of negotiating a publishing deal with Baker about my life story. Wow. Um, we, it was between them, Thomas Nelson and Zondervan, and we just did on Baker because they understood what we were doing. But I bring mm. that up because I'm getting ready to write the story, and yeah. it's it's it, it started out, you know, and I won't give everything away, but. You know, me and my twin sister got adopted and mm. we were born into poverty and rescued out of that um, and raised in an incredible family. A lot of people ask me, you know, they say, well, were your parents white? I'm like, no, they were black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, if they had been white, that would have been cool too, but they just happened to be black. Yeah. We were all black. And, yeah. uh, so nobody really knew we were adopted because they were like, oh, y'all look alike. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, people used to ask me all the time. They would say, you know, how, when did you know you were adopted? And I said, as, as early as two. As far as I wow. Our parents were telling us, you're adopted, you're adopted, you're adopted. Wow. And so we would go to school and tell people we were adopted. And all the other folks that were adopted would come up and say, oh, we're adopted too. Hmm. And then the kids that weren't adopted would go home and ask their mom if they could be adopted. <laughs> and so, <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> you guys started a little yeah. movement there. <laughs> right. So we were like, everybody needs to get adopted. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. So, so, so the book will kind of be about that and how we reunited with our family after 25 years. And wow. it's crazy. We're on Steve Harvey's show. It's a long story. Um, but man, raised on the streets of Auburn Avenue, uh, my dad would bring the homeless people out to the house from Auburn, mm. um, right? Which, which, yeah, which is right across the street from the Martin Luther King Jr. Center. Mm. And if you've ever been on Arvin Avenue here in Atlanta, it's just homeless people everywhere. So he yeah. would put them in the back of the trunk, bring them home, have them cut in the grass. Mm. And uh, we would be like, man, what is, you know, why are these homeless people in the yard? You know, we were seven years yeah. old. And, yeah. and he'd be like, shut up, you know, <laughs> shut up and take them some water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, so he was just, you know, supposed to poverty at a young age and mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't get it till later he was trying to build some character in us mm-hmm. and, um, and, and and so we did man long story short my sister um, is an industrial engineer she went to Stanford in Georgia Tech and mm-hmm. um, I'm doing what I'm doing now you know I started in the 10th grade I was I went to a Pullman Arts High School and by 10th grade I was playing on six instruments and um, trying to figure out find my way got my first record deal started wow. traveling writing for a lot of ushers artists and I did some writing for India Ari, wow. um, and I was really honestly, I thought my dream and I thought my purpose in life was to be a Christian version of Usher. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> as you can see, that didn't happen, and so <laughs> you know, God had a had a greater story, which mm. is uh, the podcast and the platform that uh, yeah. that I have now, just kind of birthed out of that moment on the Steve Harvey show, yeah. um, and it was kind of called it kind of called it. I guess was kind of launched through my relationship with North Point Ministries and up under the leadership of Andy Stanley and you know mm. I'm a communicator there speaker there host there and that kind of led me to be you know a part of Orange as the director of city strategy and now we have our platform which is in about 45 million homes on Saturday every week yeah. direct TV NRB TV and you can check the podcast out on iTunes and it's all really the same show people think it's a different show it's all the same show we just mm. put it on camera yeah, yeah. So, uh, that's kind of my story, man. We're just out here trying to make a difference, man. I mm-hmm. travel and speak and preach and teach and interview folks. So, yeah. No, that's awesome. So I actually got to see the clip of you on the Steve Harvey show and 
just how powerful of a moment that was for you. And uh, can you speak a little bit on that? Because you did mention how that kind of started uh, the journey that you're on now, or it kind of led the direction in which you uh, took from that point on. And so can you maybe unpack maybe the significance of that moment and how that kind of brought you to where you're at right now? Yeah, man, I am. Um, I saw the time, and as we were talking to publishers about the book and what it would be, I, I, I was telling them that, you know, you make your plans, um, and then I said, yeah. Mm. And for me, I had a bunch of plans, and God randomly one day, you know, invested in my dad, told him that it was time for us to go to the office, and he, he was the one leading the ship, and... You know, I always say if you do adoption well, mm-hmm. then um, you don't really miss anything. Yeah. And so, for me, we had great parents, so I never had a desire to go meet our biological family. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a negative desire yeah. um, or a lack of desire. It just we just didn't have the desire because we had parents. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so if, if, if we were going to go and find them, it was going to have to be him. Mm-hmm. And so he just, you know, randomly one day just started telling us we need to go find our parents. I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you could grow up one day and marry your cousin and you wouldn't know it. <laughs> we were like, what? <laughs> That's a real <laughs> thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so that he's like, and you need to go on the Steve Harvey show to do it. And I said, well, you lost your mind. I'm leaving. <laughs> you know, because you don't, you don't know Steve Harvey. And yeah. He convinces my sister to write into the show. And um, they called us a year later. Mm. And nobody thought they would call us. I mean, Ellen doesn't call you. Oprah doesn't call you back. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so uh, Steve, you know, they called us, and there's a lady on the job. She's been there for a week, and she's like, you know, they, they put 100 stories on my desk. Yours was the top story. We think wow. we can help you find your parents. Yeah. Um, do you want to go find them? And I said, well, let me call you back. I got to call my sister. I called my sister. I said, do you want to do it? And, she said, no, I don't want to do it, but mm. I feel like we need to do it because, mm. you know, we, you could get famous. And I'm like, well, I, I can't get famous from a day on the Steve Harvey show. I got to come back more than once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I said, but we can do it if you want to do it. And uh, she said, well, I don't really want to do it, but, but I feel like we need to do it because God, I think, is in this. This doesn't just happen. And mm. So mm. We, we ended up going up, and they told us they didn't find anybody. Mm. We're so sorry. And so we said, okay. And then we said, but we still want to have you on the show to make a plea that, um, you know, maybe they'll show up. And so they brought us on the show. We started making the plea. And Steve said, just kidding. We actually did find your mom. She's <laughs> wow. here. Wow. You know, El- Eleanor, come on out. Hmm. And um, our mom walks out. You know the story. And, yeah. And then they say, not only are you, your mom here, but your brothers and sisters are. Hmm. And so... But if we didn't know we had siblings for the first time, we're meeting our family. We're seeing people that look like us for the first time wow, wow. in our life. Wow. And um, it, it's just crazy, man. Um, you know, for me, I uh, it was significant because, you know, it says to you, it says to me that God is still in the miracle business. Yeah, yeah. Of, and he's still in the rescue business. Uh, that there's no situation too dark he can't step in. Yeah. There's no situation too crazy that he can't, create, you know, and make a miracle, you know, it's like, yeah. man, what is, what are the odds that you get adopted and raised and all of a sudden you reunite on the Steve Harvey show? What is happening? Yeah, you know that's so, so real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so man, that, that's kind of the story, man. Um, it, 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 it it's, uh, it's unbelievable to me. I, you know, I get, I stutter when I talk about it because it's wild. And, mm. Um, I, um, uh, it, it led me to really, uh, people kept telling me you need to turn it into a book. Mm. And you eventually need to turn into a movie because people need to know this story and yeah. see how amazing God is. And, yeah. and uh, I said, okay, well, I'll start to write the book. And uh, there's a friend of mine, Jeff Henderson, who's a mentor slash friend at North Point. He used to work at Chick-fil-A Corporate. He was over the whole sports marketing brand of Chick-fil-A. Wow. And now he's a pastor at North Point, one of the pastors there. And he said, man, you got to figure out how to tell this story. And he crafted a series. Hmm. about story and I think it was called cast member or something but the tagline for the story and for the series was when your story connects to God's story it leads to a greater story yeah yeah and 
as I started to write the message, he's like, well, how would you tell your story? I started telling him, he said, I want you to go up and tell it just like that. Mm. And I mm. said, well, I need a bottom line. I can't figure out the bottom line. He said, well, why don't you just take the bottom line from the series mm. when your story connects to God's really good? I said, well, great. We'll keep that. And so I did it, and it worked. And folks started coming up to me, and they were losing their minds because everybody was crying. And mm. people were bringing their kids to me that, we, that they had adopted. Wow. And this is, you know, this is Charlie, and this is you know, uh, mm. Asia from Lithuania. This is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm. And uh, people started asking, you know, bringing me their stuff and saying, you know, God could rescue you. Can he rescue me? If God mm. could create mm. a miracle out of your situation, could he create one out of mine? Yeah. And all, and, and so that's, uh, thus the ministry was born. Mm. A greater story. Because for me, you know, that it was just really a series at, at, uh, at North Point, at, at the Gwinnett campus. And I said, man, there's something to this. You know, Jeff can I, can I turn this into something? And he said, sure. I mean, I'm not going to. And so I just grabbed that a greater story piece from the tagline and turned it into a brand mm. and uh, in a ministry. And we're going to turn that, you know, that that's what the book will be called. And I said, well, I'm, I, I was already on radio doing just, you know, highlighting Christian uh, folks and doing Christian media because I've always felt like there's been a shortage in, uh, in the Christian media space. Yeah. You know, in, in, in culture, you want to get a message out it's easy. You go to Breakfast Club, you go to MTV, you go to BET, you yeah. go to ABC, you go to CDS. I mean, there's not a shortage of platforms yeah. in culture. Yeah. But there is a shortage of platforms, you know, in the Christian sector, which is why I'm excited that you're doing this, because this, is, yet again, is another platform, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, this, your, your podcast is a media platform that can be leveraged to get the gospel and the good news and the yeah. kingdom and Amen. God's goodness out into the world. Um, and so I, I was already doing that. I said, let me just rename it a greater story. But at the time, it's called the Sam Collier Show. I said, let's just make the brand and the ministry all one thing. Mm. So that when we put the book out, people will kind of know what we're talking about. Mm. But, it, but it was birthed from my story. I said, let's just start interviewing folks that have incredible stories. And hopefully, as people are listening to their stories, they'll be inspired in their story. And it'll help them reach their greater story. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how everything started. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Let, let me ask you this, you know, for, for those who are listening and they feel like their story has no significance, that uh, they're just kind of in the mundane, they don't see any true value in their uh, past, in their present, uh, maybe not even hopeful for their future. How would you encourage them to think big and to, to realize that God is doing something, that God is extremely intentional with our lives and nothing goes um, uh, nothing goes uh, in our life without God uh, planning it, uh, preparing it, and moving and working. Like, how how would you encourage somebody to to uh, to really believe that their story matters, that their life matters? Wow, um, that's incredible. I uh, I think that my biggest answer will be, you know, that God is a God that leaves. The ninety-nine, you get the one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that story is significant because it's, it's God saying, "This is who I care about each and every life as mm. much as I care about all the lives." Yeah, that so much that I would leave the hundred sheep, mm. um, or the ninety-nine. I'm sorry to get the one. Yeah, that is lost. Yeah, and. I think when we get to heaven, you know, I guess the question is, is how important is a life? Mm-hmm. How important is one life? Yeah. You know, is it, is that more, is it more important than a million lives? Or No, I mean, it, we, we hear stories and we, you know, I, I don't want to take this political, but, you know, when we watch the State of the Union for at any president yeah. and they highlight certain stories, it's the one story that we all go crazy over. It's like the one guy out in Wyoming who say leveraged his convenience store to be the hope in the community. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he leveraged this and, and it's the one story and, and then they go around and highlight all these stories of folks that have done great things with their lives. In other words, and the great thing doesn't have to be, you know, stadiums filled. Yeah. But if it's if it's one one child rescued out of a burning building, yeah. it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's something to that, you know, it's because I think we all know the value of a life, and it's and it's and it's worth everything. And so, mm-hmm. I, I would say all that to say that um, God could use your life for one life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I love what, what, what Andy Stanley said. He said, maybe um, the most important thing you'll do, not something you'll do, but someone you raise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You raise yeah. yeah. I, 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 I'll tell you a story about um, my, my math teacher. He was the greatest math teacher that uh, I ever had. And, yeah. Um, he was the greatest teacher I ever had. And I was crazy in high school. I'll be honest with you. I was crazy. <laughs> yeah. And um, he invested in me when I was failing in math. And wow. When I was failing in every, in every, and I got suspended from school, and he, he was always the one that was, you know, walking by me and saying, you can do it. I mm. believe in you. And he's correcting me as well. Hey, don't do this anymore. He, he was that one guy that always, um, that I was believing. He gave me hope in the school system, and he, he helped me turn my life around. Yeah. Um, but because of his sacrifice every single day, and that performing arts high school with just 300 folks mm. over on the east side of Atlanta that led me to where I am today. Yeah, It's yeah. funny, I, was, I talked to him last uh, weeks ago and when I, I, I was able to host a commemorative service for Martin King Jr. here that happens in Atlanta every year on King Holiday. Yeah. It was broadcasted on Fox 5 and he, you know, he's watching it on TV at home and he sends me a text while I'm on stage <laughs> and says, you know, I'm watching you. Wow. And I said, this and I and I'm, I sent him a message back while I'm on stage sitting. I shouldn't be texting on wow. stage. Wow. But I'm texting and, and I say to him, this wouldn't have happened without you. Yeah. And he sends me back a message and says, well, a saint is just a sinner who fell down. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because yeah. he knew how crazy I was. But my, my point is, is that how, you know, how important is one life? Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. That that kind of reminds me of uh, the great theologian Tupac, who said, "I might not change the world, but I might spark the mind that does." You know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And so, how like even if you know we might not feel or see the significance of what we're doing, we might be literally uh, preparing or uh, encouraging or sparking something within somebody else that could take the baton, that could take the call and turn it into something uh, great and amazing. And and that would have never happened if you weren't obedient or if we weren't obedient in the little things. And so, yeah, that's so powerful. That's so good. Um, I just want to, I mean, everybody has an opportunity in their life to be significant. Yeah. and it's just, it's just if we, if whether we take it or not, you know, we can put ourselves in these boxes and believe that we're nothing and our life doesn't matter and that, you know, I'm just a small town guy in a small town doing this. And or, or we can look at that as an opportunity. Man, I'm a small town guy in a small town that's going to do big things. Yes. It's just, it's just how we look at it, you know? Yeah. No, that's so good. That's so good. Well, I mean, speaking of big things, you're you're doing pretty big things uh, right now, and uh, I mean, interviewing uh, people like Michael Todd and One K Few and The Truth and Aunt Pastor Andy Stanley. Um, what has that been like for you? And what has been your heart behind what you do? I know, I know, you kind of shared with how you got to this point, uh, but what what is your objective? What is your heart behind a greater story? been one of the greatest things I've ever done in my life. Hmm. Um, I will be honest about it. Um, it's afforded me the opportunity to meet people I would never meet. Yeah. Um, alone, and, 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 it's, and it's allowed for me to build some of the richest friendships that I have to date. Hmm. Um, but, you know, I think the answer to this question is related to your last question, which is, you know, um, uh, the, this whole idea about how do we, you know, how do we do big things from in small towns? How do we, yeah, yeah. you know, how do we look at our life now um, and, and know that there's significance, whether we're working at a steel mill? Or how, you know, how do we leverage the influence that God has placed around us yeah. to, to make that difference? Whether it's with one life or a million lives, yeah. you know, God will leave the 99 and get the one. The one is just as important as the million. Yeah. And I think that that question is a question that everybody's asking. How do I take what I have and yeah. do more? Yeah. And so my thing was, let me go talk to the people that's doing more. Mm. Mm. And what I want to know is how you did it. Yeah. Not 
And, 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 and let's be honest. And for me, I want to know how you did it. Don't give me the textbook answer. Don't give me the, <laughs> the, the media answer. Like, take me from, you know, like, yeah, like I say on every show, take me from little Andy, yeah. you know, up to Andy Stanley. Take me from little Mike Todd up to Mike Todd. Take yeah. me from, you know, little, little truth up to where you are now. And yeah. because for me, the, the, the power is not in where they've arrived, how they got there. Yeah. Because I feel like we get lost in the mundane middle, mm-hmm. as you said. Mm-hmm. That's where we get lost. Mm-hmm. It's, we know what to do when we're up, but it's, it's when we're in the middle that we're going, what is, I'm going to get out of here. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. You're I've preaching to the choir. <laughs> right. Like, I got these visions. I've got these things I want to get out. Like, is it, how, how is this going to ever happen? And so um, I remember um, Mike Todd, you know, this is probably going to put me down. But it did. I mean, I'll give a couple. Yeah. You know, I asked him the question. I'm like, hold on, let's, let's go back. I mean, let's trip, let's trip down. And how did you get, you know, he's got almost six, seven hundred thousand followers on Instagram. Yeah. He's putting the message out. It's getting a million hits a month. Yeah. Or a, a week, a week, a week. Wow. And I asked him, I said, you know, so what was the moment? He said, you know, Sam, I'm going to be honest. He said, I, I, um, I was doing messages and putting them on YouTube or putting them online probably for two years before anything happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, I was just, I was in a, you know, a uh, converted grocery store. He said, and I was maybe getting 800 hits, maybe, you know, or per per message. And yeah. he said, one day I was preaching this sermon on, you know, relationships, and some girl put it on Twitter, and it went viral. <laughs> Next thing I know, everybody's looking at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> right. So he's like, you know, so my message is be faithful on the level. Mm-hmm. He said, that's my message. He said, I mean, you never know when it's going to happen. He said, be, be faithful in the little and trust God wow. with, with, with the more. He said, God's wow. going to do, you know, what what, what he's going to do. I, you know, when I was talking to Andy, I'm going to tell you something that was, uh, that was that I'll never forget. I don't even think he knew how significant it was when he said it. Yeah. You know, North Point's 40,000 members now. Yeah, yeah. His dad, you know, Charles Stanley's his dad. Yeah. All that, which is amazing. Legendary. Um, yeah. Yeah, legendary. And so, but but I, I uh, I'm talking to him and I say, did you ever think North Point was gonna be this big? Mm, <laughs> yeah. And uh, he said, I'm so glad you asked me that. No. Yeah. I didn't think it was gonna be this big. Yeah. And so he starts taking me to this story. I'm gonna tell you something that stood out. I think he breezed past it, and I just I was I mean it's amazing. He said, mm. you know, we started the church, and he said. You know, it, 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 it passed, one, he said, it passed my vision, mm. you know, 19 years ago. Yeah. I just wanted a church that unchurched people would love to attend. Yeah. <laughs> he said, you know, either we started this church, he said, and I always thought it would be big because I figured that church should grow. Yeah, yeah. And then he kept going, he said, and then it just kind of took off. And that, but I, I, didn't, I didn't put it down on that. But I think about that statement a lot. Yeah. I always thought it would be big because I figured that church should grow. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> for him, you know, that, that's a, probably a simple statement. And, you know, big to him probably was 2,000 times. <laughs> but I'm just like, wait a minute. That's a mindset. Yeah. Uh, how many people do we know are walking in the visions going, I always thought it would be big. Yeah, yeah, that's so you good. Know what yeah, that's so good. Yeah, no, that's real. How many? How many? You know, I'm like, you know, he thought it was going to be big. It was big because in his mind there was something that shifted that said, you know, if the kingdom is going to be what it's supposed to be, it it, it it should grow. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that's a huge mix of shit. Yeah. That I'm going. That's how you were thinking when you started North Point. It should grow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How many pastors do we know that are thinking that way? You yeah, know? <laughs> no, that's so good. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so, you know, so that, you know, so for me, uh, it's, the, it's, it's in that, it's in that, I'll mean, give you one more story. I was, you know, you, I think you heard Truth's interview and, you know, in his interview, you know, at one point, you know, before he went through some different things, he was the largest 
the largest Christian hip hop artist in the world. Yeah. He was the largest Christian hip hop artist. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he was cross movement, and they were you know over in London. I mean, he was in Africa. He was doing forty-five city tours with Kirk Franklin, and he. I mean, he was he was a pioneer. Yeah. You know, at the highest level of yeah. Christian hip hop, and then after him came Lecrae, and then Lecrae became who. Um, and but but and so I said, when did you know you know this thing was going to take off? And he said, Sam, you know we. You know, we really didn't know. He said, well, he said, what's interesting is that now there's, you know, there's social media and there's all this other stuff that's happening. Yeah. He said, but when we were coming up, rap, especially Christian rap, was not popular. Yeah. And the church looked at it like it was kind of blasphemous in a sense. Yeah. And, and, and so people were bringing us in because Lil Wayne was, was hot and, all, and Drake. I mean, Drake was not doing that time, but Master yeah. P probably, I don't know who it was. Yeah. Um, but there were, there, were, there, were, there was music that existed that the pastors and, you know, the parents didn't necessarily want their kids listening to because it was so negative. And, and so, or in terms of, you know, the stories were not, uh, was you know, women certain way and so on and so forth. We, and so he and the youth group would bring them in because they're like, man, we need another alternative. We need another option. Yeah. And so he said that people would just call us in because they want to save their kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> and um, even yeah. though I knew who we were, and he said we were just traveling from, from church to church, you know, with no blueprint, with no plan, just mm. going, you know, let's just, you know, really on, as he called it, uh, on mission. Yeah. You know, he was like, we'd be a local mission. Yeah. Just trying to, Help an unsaved people group and folks, and, and he said we we had no idea mm. that after a while that it would pick up and it would be. And so yet again, it's my Todd story. It's like it, yeah. it, okay, yeah. we, we 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 just wanted to save people. We just wanted to help yeah. people. Nobody yeah. cared about us, and we just kept doing the work. Yeah. And next thing we know, you know, we put a little strategy to it and it blew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so good. That, 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 yeah, I mean, that, that reminds me of the Bible verse that says, do not despise the days of small beginnings and, you know, taking seriously your Mondays. You know, I think about David and, you know, when he went to, uh, you know, kill Goliath, he, he didn't plan on going to go kill Goliath. That wasn't in his, he didn't plan that. He didn't orchestrate that. He was just obeying his father in the small mundane uh, 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 a task of life, you know, just going to go bring his brothers some food, you know, walking 15 miles uh, one way just to obey his dad. And he, he didn't think that that was going to be a defining moment, but in the small moments, just doing what he was supposed to be doing led to that great story. And that's so powerful. Like, I love how you brought up um, that part, like just, you know, taking seriously these small moments and realizing they're actually big moments, you know? And I know, yeah. And, and I know for me personally, I think, you know, the older I get, I'm realizing the issue is not necessarily a lack of opportunity, but preparation for the opportunity that does get presented, you know? And, and I think that if we, if we were to take, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, moments where people aren't watching, moments where people aren't applauding us, moments where people don't care about us, like, you know, Michael Todd and Andy Stanley and the truth we're talking about, um, and just expect God to do what he's supposed to do and us stay faithful to what we're called to do, um, it would lead to something very impactful, you know? And so that's so encouraging. I'm glad. Thank you for sharing that, that it is so important to take note of these small moments. They're not so small after all, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's everything. It, it, it's when people talk about, you know, it's the journey, not the destination. It's yeah. like, yeah. it's what are, you, what are you doing in those mundane middle times? Because yeah. the mundane middle is what prepares you to even be relevant in, in um, when everything goes up. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because what I've what I found is people that don't take the mundane middle Seriously, mm. and I, and I'm, when I say I found it's I've, I've asked advice and I've talked to mentors and I've watched are usually the ones that when they get the opportunity they lose it mm. Mm. because you know there was some you know I was I, I asked Andy Stanley about a pastor who had a 
uh, um, situation and everything went down and, you know, mm-hmm. um, he lost, kind of lost the platform. Uh-huh. I said, what do we learn from the story? He said, whatever you don't kill in your 20s will kill you in your 40s. Wow. Wow. And wow. And so I, I just was like, ooh, ooh, ah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Lord. Um, That's like, so good. Yeah. Yeah. But when you talk about that mundane middle, it's it's in that mundane middle. And and the more the more platform that I get, the more I start to go, Oh, I need to be a little bit more focused in where I'm at now. Mm, because yeah. because I'm like, Well, let, let here's a statement for me, let me not rush it. Yes. Yeah. Because if I rush it, nine times out of ten I'm gonna miss something that I need. Yeah. If I miss something that I need, if I don't kill something I'm supposed to kill now, it's going to kill me yeah. and at 50 and at 60. Yeah. And so let me, enjoy, where am I, let me enjoy where I'm at now, appreciate where I'm at now, get all the lessons I can. Yeah, yeah. Because if not, if I rush past this thing chasing after significance, yeah. instead of realizing that where I'm at now is already significant, Hmm. And then everything else that's coming is just icing on the cake. Yeah. Then I'm gonna get the icing on the cake and throw up and lose everything. It's just like hmm. it, because I didn't take one that's you know more serious. The other thing I want to add to what you were saying about just you know being faithful where you are now is yeah. you know I think you gotta you know at some level I think what we see in these stories the similarity of of of, of two different traits. One, being faithful where you are yeah. and enjoying and learning everything, but then also having a vision mm, for yeah. something that's bigger. Yeah, yeah. And and, and, it's, and you need both because usually, and I'll be honest with you, and I know we're getting somewhere, we'll talk later more about what people need to do, and I, I may be jumping the gun, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good, you're good. Let uh, the Lord lead you. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but usually Christians have one or the other. Mm. And that's wow. where we get in trouble. Either they are just so stuck in the mundane mill that they don't have any vision, so they stay there, they, they're frustrated, and they get, and I talk to a lot of people like that, like, man, I just, you know, they're waiting on God to do something, and he's mm. waiting on them. And <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, you, like, you went a little bit too far with this. Like, yeah, you were supposed to be faithful, and you were supposed to learn, but you didn't, you never reached beyond. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 so and now you're upset because you went and you got place and now you're just lazy you know at this or wow. you just or, wow. you, or you or you have a mentality that's just that's keeping you where you are mm-hmm. and I, I can't I, I spend a lot of time helping uh, people so I get I get a lot of questions all the time and like, how you how have you done this and again I'm, I'm extremely humbled yeah. um, because I'm just like God has done it all I mean first of all I haven't done anything I'm crazy I don't even know why he's using, using <laughs> me because I'm crazy. Um, but I spend time on, you know, trying to stretch their minds of like, hey, mm. in larger capacity, yeah. have you looked at it this way? Yeah. Have you tried this? So you got to have a vision um, beyond that. So either people get stuck with it, or they have too much vision, mm. and they're they're chased, they're, they're too ambitious, yeah. and they you know they're in it for the wrong reason. And we all know that person just chasing after platform, chasing after this, chasing after that. Yeah. And, yeah. and and usually we get one, you know, and, and, and usually the ones that are in the mundane middle that are stuck there criticize the ones that have ambition. Wow. And usually the ones that have ambition criticize who that don't. Wow. And so it's like, wow. when really you need both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, can, can I just take a moment? I, I just, you, you got me on my soapbox. I just, I need to take a moment and, and talk about. The, the, the apostles for a second. Yes, like, please do. This mic is on fire, by the way. But go ahead. What you, what you say? This mic is on fire. But go ahead. I didn't take a moment for apostles because I don't know where this happened in the church. It's it, it, we're losing because of it. But mm. the apostles, you know, Jesus had a conversation with them, and he says, "Go and take this gospel everywhere." Yeah. This is what he said. Yeah. Yeah. He literally tells them to be ambitious. Mm. Wow. 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 <laughs> I didn't he see it like that before. Yeah. <laughs> this is what he says. Yeah. He says, go and every, every nation, mm. every, like, take it to the four corners of the earth. He's yeah. like, what, what are you doing? Like, yeah. This is what I mean. And, 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 and here's the, you know, question I love with Andy. What's at stake if we don't? Mm. I said, well, what's at stake if we don't is that, people go to hell. I mean, let's, yeah, 
Yeah. With that second, if we don't, people don't get the good news. People don't know. We gotta take this gospel everywhere. Yeah. And yeah. so we see the move with ambition from city to city to city to city to city to city to city, and God does miracles. So He meets that ambition um, with His with His grace because mm. people have to be saved. Yeah. So I just want to take a moment right there. It's like, at what point did we start playing small? <laughs> that's so good that's so good yeah. well, I, I mean, I, I'm like wait a minute it's like all of a sudden it's cool to not do anything it's mm. cool. all of a sudden it's cool to be to be small and to be you yeah. know just to have my little corner and, and, and again you should have your little corner I mean uh, if that's what God calls you to but at the same time there's a there is this there is this function yeah. and there is this pressing not from man but from God yeah. who is saying Go everywhere and tell everybody. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we. I mean, come on. Can we just take a moment and talk about the kids in Africa that don't have food, don't have water? That don't. I mean, yeah. can we talk about the kids over in Harlem that are struggling? And, I mean, mm. can we talk about people committing suicide and, and yeah. it being at an all-time high in America with, with the next generation because there is no hope, there is no identity, so, and it's, and it's because there's a lack of the church, and the enemy has mm. tried to convince us that playing small is the best way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. The flip side to that is you're playing too big and you're in it to make a name for yourself. Yeah. So I agree with it. But yeah. we can't let that kill the Great Commission. Yeah. Let, let me... Let me yeah, sorry, sorry, I, sorry for interrupting, but let me... I think you just said something that's so important, something that I wrestle with as a young adult pastor dealing with ambitious young adults. Um, and I love it. I love the people that I do life with. They challenge me and, you know, they, you know, man, they inspire me in so many ways. But I guess what I want to ask you is how do you get people that have so much ambition to submit that to the Great Commission, to submit that to uh, kingdom work and not just build a name for yourself? You know, how do because sometimes I think like in, in Christian culture, we can blur those lines, you know, and we could. Uh, yeah. Like I mean, going back to the whole David and Goliath thing, when when David wanted to take down Goliath, it wasn't so that his name could be great. It was because yeah. he was coming against the people of God, and David had a problem with that. This wasn't an opportunity for him to show people how strong or brave he was, but to show people how great God is. You know, um, but I think sometimes yeah. we can twist that story and make it seem like, oh, see, be like David. This is your moment, you know, take down your Goliath and not understand the greater heart or purpose behind that is the kingdom and God's heart for his people. And so how would you, how do you advise young people who are on the flip side ambitious, but not necessarily, uh, not having that being rooted in, in, in the gospel work and the great commission? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's, I think that's one of the hardest questions to answer. Yeah, um, I'll just be honest about it. Um, um, it's hard because it's it's so nuanced, um, mm. and it's it's so many variables. Here's what I'd say. I mean, I think if I see it in tiers, I mean, I think a couple we go three tiers. I think you know, I think the first tier is as believers not demonizing growth. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. From from the sake of the platform and from the sake of like influence, I think the first thing we that, that we get wrong is we demonize it mm-hmm. um, because or whatever for whatever, for whatever reason we demonize it and instead of understanding that you know God is going to come to people through man. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, that's how He reaches the world. Yeah. I mean, if you if you weren't preaching on that platform, He wouldn't have a voice. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, and so I think it's one realizing. Wait a minute, we gotta have platform. Yeah, if we're gonna reach people. Yeah, and so I can't demonize platform. Yeah, because let's just be honest. It may be controversial. It's me and you, and it's fine. But I have conversations all the time. I think people understand the nuances. But yeah. it's you know, it's it's um uh uh, uh, uh how do I want to say it? It's we gotta have platform. I think that's the best way I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Don't worry about being politically correct on here. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I mean, I think, you know, we, 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 the, the world understands it. Um, and I'll be honest, God put, here's what I was gonna say God put ambition and that, that desire to have platform in us. I mean, mm-hmm. because without it, we cannot reach the world. He put that in all of us. It's, 
is why we think that way. Yeah. What the enemy has done is he he has made it he's made us think about it in the wrong way, yeah. and so we we've, we've leveraged it for our own good mm. instead of you know I love Kirk Franklin. I love what he does. Yeah. Every time it's really funny to me every time he does it, but <laughs> but he does. He anytime he's on stage, he points to himself and does kind of like the Matumbo, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. The, no, you know, the thing that like, no, yeah. not me, and he points to God. Yeah. He's like, not me, give it up for God. Not not me, give it up for God. Not yeah. me, give it up for God. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that, I mean, that, that's, that's the sweet spot. It's, mm. Kirk Franklin is one of the largest gospel artists in the world. Yeah. But he leverages, and here it is, he leverages his platform yeah. for the for the sake of the kingdom. So and good. so I, I think the first thing we have to do is not demonize platform. Yeah. Um, but like we want we want people to grow with their platforms to grow with their emails to grow, we want their Instagrams to grow. We want their yeah. podcasts to be more listeners. We want the church to be bigger yeah. so that we can reach more people. Yeah. So that's one. But but then the second thing we have to do after we not demonize platform, one I think that that will give us the opportunity to invite people into the story in a new way. Because if we don't demonize platform, then when we get young adults that have ambition and want platform, we can say, hey, the fact that you want platform and, and the fact that you are ambitious is not wrong. Come here, come here, come here. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Here's the issue. If you don't understand why you have the platform mm, mm. and what the platform's for, yeah. then it will destroy you. Wow. Wow. And, it'll, and it'll destroy the kingdom. Yeah. Because here's what we are, and, and that's the thin line. It's going, can't demonize, but then, and if we don't demonize it, it'll and, and, and invite and celebrate that aspect in people to want to get the gospel out. Yeah. Then it'll give us a platform with them to, to now redirect them and go, hey, I know you want this, but on the other side of this, there's a lot of responsibility. You know what mm. it's like? It's like marriage. Mm. And I wish people had talked to me more about it. I'll be honest; I've, I've been at odds with the mar- with marriage ministry with marriage ministries all around the country for the wow. last two years. I mean. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> I've been angry because I feel like they didn't prepare me like they should. <laughs> um, and, yeah. I, and I was in; I was studying, and I was like, you know, and again, I made my own mistakes and all that, so I'm not blaming anybody for things yeah. for my own, you know, short, you know. But at the yeah. same time, I feel like they didn't tell me the real, you know. Yeah. And, and what they did not say to me is how how heavy the marriage platform is. Mm, 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 yeah. Nobody told me. Yeah. And, and I heard a ton of messages, but nobody ever stood on the stage and said that I heard. Maybe it happens. And I, you know, I hear it now in certain books. So I got to like read through all, like a million books to get to the hundred page for somebody to finally say it. <laughs> yeah. It's and hidden somewhere. Up, what'd you say? It's hidden somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, why didn't you tell me? Everybody like that. You need to say that first. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like you like what we need to hear first is what I didn't hear and, and it was this that the 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 covenant of marriage is such a heavy covenant. Yeah. And how Jesus talks about it mm. that when you make the decision to get married, you need to understand exactly weight of what you're saying yes to. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Not just a bunch of, but we're excited that people get married, it's time to get married, it's past. No, 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 wait a minute. God looks at marriage as a picture of his relationship to the church. Yes. Come on, preacher. <laughs> yes. To the, to the point where, you know, he talks about divorce, it's like he only really gives like three outs. Yeah, yeah. Like if somebody commits adultery and then does not stop committing adultery, so he doesn't even say if they commit adultery. Like it's like, what the world? Is, what what are you saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If somebody turns away from the faith, stays away, and it's like, wait a minute, it's like he there's almost no out. Yeah, yeah. Because he trying to mirror how he views the church. They're like there is no out for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm with you in your good times and your bad times and yeah. your dark times and your broken times. When you run away from me, when you when you make a mistake, when you commit sins over and 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 over again, yeah. I'm still here. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so good. Commitment, this covenant Nobody, relationship. 
that's cut, and nobody told me that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but by, by the grace of God, I got lucky, and you know, but and my wife, and, you know, we, we we grew together, and he's he's been with us. Yeah. Praise and we God. love each other, but yeah, I, I don't feel like they prepared me for the wait. And so I think it's the same thing with platform. It's mm. I think we have to celebrate it, but I also think we have to do our due diligence to teach it mm. because. Because what happens is people get into it, and what happens is they wish they w- they wish we would have told them yeah. on the front end how heavy it was. Because I mean, let's be honest, me and you, let's talk. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're you're a pastor, you're, you're preaching, you're teaching, and you know, before we got into it, I, I got this platform preaching. Before I got into it, you know, it was something that I wanted, and it was something that was great. And you yeah. know, I had my heart in the right place. I wanted to serve God. Yeah. But when I got it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. You're like, wait a minute. Now all these people are listening to what I'm saying, and I got to live a certain way, and I got to yeah. do this, and yeah. oh my God, I got to sacrifice. People want to meet with me, and they, you know, they just see me as this. They don't see me as human. Sometimes yeah. I'm a leader, and it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Getting, you know, I'm getting hate mail, and this, this <laughs> one thing I'm saying, people are taking it the wrong way, and they, I'm not preaching the gospel. I'm doing this, and I'm doing that. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, you're spitting all facts right now. This is true. This is very true. I gotta give you this last statement. I'm done with platform. Yeah, John Chris. You know the comedian John Chris. Yeah. Large. I mean, he's got almost a million followers on Instagram. Yeah. Christian comedian. We're having a private meeting. He'll he'll be with me on this. I mean, we're mm-hmm. friends. He says to me, "I just how you feel? I mean, what, what you th- I mean, because." I remember before he, he I, I saw him, I met him when he was getting big, but he, it, it was far from where he is now. Okay. I just so how you feel now? He said, comedy gave me everything, hmm. and it took everything away. Wow. 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 That's deep. Comedy gave me everything and took everything away. Hmm. I said, wow. Right? We, we need we need to hear more of that. Maybe we wouldn't want the platform as much if we saw it in a sober mind, right? People just see the likes and the interviews and the lifestyles and the travel and the cool experiences, but they don't really see the backside of things as well and how much it costs to have a platform. It costs everything. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it costs everything. And people will say, you know... Uh, you know, they, they, they look at our lives and they go, man, y'all are just doing this and doing that. How great is it to be? Uh, I'm just like, <laughs> it, it's, it's almost the same. I mean, it, it, it's the same, it's not worse than living your life. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it, it is what it is. I mean, you get to look flashy and we get to meet these folks and yeah. we get a ton of followers and people are listening and people know what we're doing. And, yeah. You know, there are freebies that come in time. Oh, but it's what, you know, Andy Stanley's here. Oh, here's a free hotel and here's a business. <laughs> um, but what they don't see is the hate mail and the death mm, threats and, yeah. and, and the family that you got and, and your family you got to, and they don't see your kids having to grow up in the control and, yeah. and, yeah. and miss out on a normal life and, you know, and, and you know, being able to just go to the movies and, mm, mm, and, yeah. and and to know that people around you are not there to get anything, but they're for, I mean, yeah, I mean yeah. they get to do whatever they want to do. And I, I was talking, I was talking to my wife, like if I was a regular Christian, I'd do anything I wanted to do. You know, what I mean? yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know what I'm Nobody would care. Yeah, <laughs> nobody cares. You know, I make I make I make a big mistake now, and it's over. I mean, it's I mean the whole. Everything comes crashing down. I, I, yeah, I say the wrong thing in the wrong circle, and everything comes crashing down. Yeah, yeah um, that's and, right. And you know, and, and, and it's you know, I, I was talking to a mentor. He said, you know, public humiliation is different than private humiliation. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you don't have a platform, you can make a mistake, and nobody knows. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the church forgives you, and your your wife, and everybody's like, oh, great, it's all good. Yeah. You make you 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 make a mistake on a major platform. Yeah, the world is looking at you like where you. It's harder for you because you, I mean, it comes to the platform. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that's so good. That's a good. That's that's the tension, I guess, right? The the on the flip side where you know we're called to big things and we're called to spread the gospel and God has called us to reach the ends of the world, but then on the flip side, there's the cost to that as well. And uh, I mean, Jesus is the greatest example of that, where Jesus was on a major scale 
and you know he paid for it you know and I think in a lot of ways we can learn from uh his example what it looked like to have eyes watching you how you just stay faithful and committed to what God has called you to uh, no matter what people think about it or how they'll treat you or say about you um, and then take on the cross as he had to for living what God has called him to do you know and so no that's so good that's so good Um, I I won't take up too much more of your time I know I've taken up a lot of your time already Uh, thank you for being so gracious Um, of course I love this yeah, great, great conversation. But I'll, I'll end with this question. Just if, if you can give us any practical tools on how, uh, how to chase our dreams, how to think big, how to embrace the mundane, but at the same time uh, have vision for ourselves like you were talking about. Um, anyway, I mean, this all sounds great, uh, but what does that look like on a practical level? Yeah, I mean, one, I feel like I have to give a disclaimer and say, you know, I gave you the way to the platform, but I, you know, I think you still should, <laughs> yeah. after, you know, what God has in you. Absolutely. The needs it. I just, you know, I just want people to understand the way and really, you know, you answer the, to answer the question of how do we, how do we help people and ambitious, you know, those and ambitious anybody, you yes. know, understand, yes. you know, you know, we want to celebrate it, but at the same time, we want to understand the responsibility. You walk accordingly. And, and I think when you understand the weight of it, you don't do it for yourself, you do it for God. So good. Um, so good. So, I, mean, I think on a practical level, the biggest thing that I did that really helped me, and the thing that I've seen that has helped every, even in, in the interviews that we have with folks, is mm-hmm. whenever you want to go to another level or accomplish everything you're trying to accomplish, you get somebody that's been there. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you get and, and, and you and you allow yourself to be mentored by them. A mentor that has been where you're trying to go changes everything. Yeah, yeah. It cuts journey in half. Mm. Mm. Because they can tell you what to do, what not to do, who to do it with, how to do it. Yeah. And the pitfalls. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the mentor was was the the, uh, the right mentor changes everything. I always say, anytime I want to accomplish something new or go to another level, I get a new friend. Mm, that's so good. That's so good. Um, because you are the sum total of your of your circle. Mm, mm, you yeah. are the sum total of your friends. You yeah. Show me your friends, I'll show you your destiny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is what it is. It yeah. is. Most, most, most times, if people are upset about where they are in life, they're upset about who they're hanging out with. Wow. Wow. That's, that's what you're really upset about. You're upset about your circle. Yeah. Because it's your circle that's keeping you where you are. Yeah, um, that's good. Or the lack of info. So I would say get a, get a friend. Um, I, I would, the second thing I'd say is if you're trying to accomplish a vision, a dream, you know, um, it's very difficult to do anything without money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> so I say I always say this: pursuing a dream broke is one of the worst things you can do. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talk about it. Talk about it, Sam. Come on, Bishop. You know what I'm it's like, it, it's the, so, so what would I say? So, like, well, we used to have a nonprofit. We may bring it back. And no, I still have a nonprofit, but we had a program. We walked the young adults for about three years, and we were talking to them about their destinies, their lives, and helping them get together and, and helping them get there. And the first thing I would do before we looked at a business plan or a vision or where they wanted to go, I said, let's figure out how you're going to make money first. Yeah. I said, let's get your financial situation situated. <laughs> then let's start focusing on the drink. Yeah, that's good. Because nine times out of ten, when you, to do what you really need to do to build the dream right, you don't need money mm-hmm. to do it. If you if there's a website, website gonna cost money. Yeah. If you need to start a podcast, the um, you gotta build a website. You're gonna have to get some equipment. You're yeah. gonna have to travel. You're gonna, and so you got to hire some people to do that, or you got to hire, you know, buy some things. You, you need money. If it's, I got to go to school. Yeah. Okay, how are you going to get to school? Yeah. You're going to need money. You know, so, you know, you, you, know, you want to come serve at a church, or you want to do this, or you want to do that, or you want, you know, mm-hmm. basketball. You got to buy the equipment. You got to buy the clothes. You got to travel to the clinic. You got to pay for the clinics. You got to pay for the meetings. You got to, I mean, it's so many different. When, yeah. when you're on your way up, quote unquote, you're going to need money to really do it the way you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's going to take you three times the amount of time. Yeah. 
because yeah. you every time you get to the point, money is going to be an issue, and you're going to be broke. You have to wait, and you're like, dang. Mm. And, and and nine times out of ten, you're going to miss you're going to miss moments consistently. Have to wait for them to come back around because success. If we're talking about success in the Christian realm, and you know, and success in general in life, a, a large part of it is maximizing. The opportunities and the moments that you get when you get them. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, yeah. And you're not able to do it if if you don't have if you don't have the money to you know to really make it happen. So I'll give you an example when I'm done. Yeah. Um. About, about money, I was working at Green Pastures. Okay. Um, shout out to Green Pastures. I love Green Pastures Christian Church. It's it's one of the places I got ordained and licensed at mm. um, to preach. I was worship pastor there. And and then I became the sort of an associate pastor. I was just I preached about twice a month. Yeah. Um, and so and every now and then once a month. And, and so, um, you know, that was supporting me financially. Yeah. Well, you know, people ask me all times, like, "What one of the largest ministries in the country? Um, how did you become a part of that?" And, um, I got a friend. I it was a friend, so I had one mentor, a friend who was already on staff. And, he yeah. believed in me and he invested in me. I'm going to tell you this. Yeah. It took me two years before I became a part of that culture. Wow. Wow. And what was I doing for two years? I was hanging out with my friend. Yeah. I was coming to services and I was watching and I was learning and I was taking it in mm. and and mm. I was doing a lot of stuff Yeah. that was not getting repaid at all. Wow. Wow. That's so good. Yeah. But let me tell you this, and my, my friend would invite me, I, I would have never been able to make it to those places and to go to those lunches and to show up for those meetings mm. when they weren't paying me if I wasn't making any money. Yeah, yeah. Because I needed the capital to be able to, so you're going to have to invest in your dream, use mm. the money in, get your financial situation together. There's nothing wrong with getting a job somewhere, Yeah. a certain guy doing maybe something that you're... I don't want to even say that you don't want to do, but something that is your end goal to get you to the end goal. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Look at this to see, see money, you know. So yeah, um, so that's right. Now I'm done. I'm done. No, that's so good. So watch your circle, watch the people you hang around with, and invest in your dreams. Um, That's so good. One hundred percent, and get a mentor. Get a mentor. Get a mentor. That's awesome. Well, man, thank you so much. You spewed so much wisdom and insight. And thank you for even sharing um, your personal story and your journey, um, being candid and transparent. Uh, we really appreciate this. So I can't, uh, I can't, uh, I can't communicate or I can't express how much this means to me. And I know uh, the audience is going to take a thing or two from this. And so thank you so much. God bless you. And I'm excited to see what the Lord does with you. And I'm excited for that book. If you do go on a book tour, you should come to St. Paul for sure. We'll, we'll be there. We'll oh, come. Man, that, would, that would be, that would be such an honor, man. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, if people, I mean, keep up with it. Just listen to the podcast of where your story with Sam call you the site a greater story because we'll have we'll have a uh, we'll be talking about the book and the updates and all of that as it comes man I'd love to man I feel like a brother and I mean whatever I can do to help and I mean anything I mean anything that you've offered to help just it's an honor for me man so I I just I'm I'm so appreciative for sure no no that's awesome like we'll we'll end with this Uh, if people want to uh, contact you if people want to even uh, you know find your podcast or your YouTube like where where can they find you where where can they um, get a hold of you yeah man um, I would say if they just if they google Sam Collier mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff will pop up Sam and then Collier C-O-L-L-I-E-R that's just for the folks that's just like man, I'm not trying to look at a whole bunch of places just go to Google <laughs> yeah I've been Sam Collier Everything will pop up. If you have a if you have a podcast app, which you probably do if you're listening to this, yeah. Um, then just type in Sam Collier or type in a greater story. Yeah. A greater story and um and it'll pop up. Yeah. Uh and then Sam TV, a greater story dot org, so on and so forth. Perfect. Give me on Instagram, all that. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Be yeah, be on the lookout for that. Yeah. And uh yeah, thank you again once more for everything. I really appreciate you, sir. Man, thank you, man. You are an inspiration. 
Oh man, I appreciate that. So are you? Uh, you? Uh, I, I think I said this uh, when we were messaging uh, initially, and I was just saying how I was learning from you, even and how you interview and ask questions. Just watching um, what you do has made me a better interviewer, and uh, uh, it's just made me work at my craft even more. And so, thank you for not just uh, leading by example and chasing your dreams, but kind of laying out the, the the blueprint and and showing us how you do it uh, uh, practically. I know I've learned a lot from uh, you, so thank you so much. Again, you know, I'm I'm crazy, and I don't know why God <laughs> into me, but he's doing some stuff, and yeah, and anything I can do to help. For sure, for sure. Well, thank you so much once again, uh, and uh, hope hopefully we can get up, get you back on sometime in the near future. Maybe when the book comes out. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Well, thank you, man. That was awesome. That was Sam. Um, Collier, ladies and gentlemen, man, I, I really enjoyed that conversation. There was a moment where I just um, I stopped looking at the questions I had prepared, and it just turned into an honest, genuine conversation. And uh, I'm really grateful for them. And uh, just his humility to get on shaping the culture. Um, and I hope you guys learned a thing or two as well. And like as we say every episode, we don't got all the answers. This is just to get the conversation going. Feel free to reach out to him, reach out to me. And this is it, guys. This is the finale of season two. Uh, we are wrapping it up, but we'll be back in a month. And so be on the lookout. I mean, I, I'm really... I'm so thankful for what the Lord is doing, as I said earlier on, and I, and I know uh, big things are coming. And so thank you for all the support. Honestly, like you guys have encouraged me to continue in doing this and to be more consistent and just you just knowing that you guys are listening and paying attention and it's impactful. Uh, it goes a long way. And so whatever I can do to serve you guys, um, please, if you guys have any suggestions, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. I'm willing to hear, like I said earlier, um, you guys wanted YouTube clips. So we're making that happen for the, the third season. And so, yeah, anything we can do to help serve you guys and feel free to send out some topics that you guys would want us to cover too. Um, I know I put out a poll on Instagram a while ago and I got those saved. And so some of the things that you guys uh, asked, we will be covering in season three with some amazing guests. And so, yeah, thank you once again. Um, until next time, family, see you guys next season. Peace and grace.